All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos, Justin Helms back here with you on November 17th. It's about 3.30 as we start recording here. Uh, a lot going on right now in both the NFL, NBA getting started back up, MLB free agency going on. But for now, we're going to focus on the NFL for the most part in this show. And then by the end of the show, talk a little bit about uh, the Hawks and how they've done this year. Maybe a little bit of storylines in the NBA, just some things that we've noticed throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. And then, of course, we'll start the show with what did we learn this week? But before we do, we just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at LGI underscore podcast. And you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, among other uh, streaming services. All right, Justin, let's go ahead and get started. What did you learn this week? What I learned this week is that not everyone is as real as we think they are. The Cardinals once again folded. We knew this would happen. The Cardinals came up against the Panthers with just signed Cam Newton and PJ Walker. And I, and I give credit to Christian McCaffrey, but that's, that's not enough for me to give them an excuse. Once again, they folded. And I think once they get to the playoffs, they will fold again. So yes. I think we're learning some teams are who they think they are. I also, the Browns, <laughs> they are who we think they are. It's with the NFC. I just knew with the Cardinals, I, it's hard for me to put them at the top. Yes, they are still the number one seed in the NFL or in the NFC, I believe. They're still ahead of the Rams, but I still just can't help but feel doubt about the Cardinals. I, I just can't. Like, it just – they're a Were const- they in front of the Rams constant, in the most recent power ranking? Not in the power rankings, but in oh. the overall division. I believe oh, yeah. they, they've only lost what two games this year. And, um, did they win head to the head? Rams and they did win head to head. I believe they're one game ahead. The Rams are six and three and the Cardinals have only lost two games this year, mm. but I just had a hard time getting behind this team. It's, it's just the, I don't know what it is. I, yeah. Kyler, Kyler Murray can't stay. Kyler Murray can't stay healthy. It's just a team that hasn't been there before and doesn't really know how to handle that. We saw this last year. They were six and two last year. They finished the season eight and eight. To me, they're just a nine and eight, eight, nine and eight now, I guess, football team. Um, They've had some big wins this year, but at the same time, I just have a hard time getting, but I don't think they're out of it. There, there's so many teams in the NFC that are still in it. You have the Bucks, you have the Rams, you have the Cardinals, you have the Packers. And I know I'm missing out on a, another team here or so, but like, I think they can still win that division. Yeah. Yeah. I think they and can I still win the West. That Kyler Murray wasn't playing last game. And I somewhat give him a pass for that, but I just, Watching that game, they got beat overall. They didn't just get beat just because yeah. Tyler Murray wasn't playing. Like they just their defense looked bad too. Like they just got whooped. And that's probably that's supposed to be probably one of the better parts of their team right now is their defense. So and and right now the Panthers are a worse team than them. And they also are on a backup quarterback. So you would think 
it's you're you're back on equal playing ground. You're both on your backups. This team is better than this team, and this happens. So, so I understand Kyler was out, and if he comes back next week and they look great and everything, and everyone's going to be hyping in. But I just don't believe it. Like, I don't really have a specific reason for why I don't believe in the Cardinals. I, I tried <laughs> to find a reason as I am talking to you right now, which is why I just kept saying, you know, based off of years past, but I just can't find a reason other than I need to see it to believe it. Or as Patrick Mahomes would say, I need to see it or believe it to see it. Yep. And so I just, I need to, I need to see it to believe it for the Cardinals. And right now there's still a team like, like you said, that they lose games that they shouldn't lose, like the Panthers shouldn't have lost to the Packers, really. No. And, um, but they're going to show up sometimes, hence the Rams game a couple weeks back. But I learned that Florida has just really gone downhill. Like it is, it is the lowest of low that it has ever been at the University of Florida. Oh, yes. Dan Mullen is caught dancing in the locker room after giving up 52 points to a Samford Samford that has lost that is three and six in the FCS this year going into this game and Florida surrenders 52 points to them. It was 42 to 35 at halftime and Dan Mullen is seen dancing in the locker room. He says after the game that it's so hard to win in football and if you don't celebrate every win, then you're not doing it right. That's basically what he said. And, you know, it's like he's just given – he's given up to – he's already made comments a couple weeks ago that said he doesn't recruit during the season. So, I mean – Like, I just Dan, don't understand what goes through your head as a head coach when you're every time he gets, in front of the press saying this, like like – even if you do don't do that, you don't recruit during season or whatever. Why would you say that? First of all, it's dumb that you don't do that. It's absolutely stupid that you don't do that. Like it's it makes no sense. Every coach does it. You see visitors, you'll see you'll see them bring their recruits onto the field, let them watch the games, let them come to homecoming, everything like that, hang out with the players. Literally in season in the locker room during games, everyone does it. So I don't know why what what that does for you or like some type of moral high ground or something like, I I don't know what that means, but it, it just, it makes no sense. And then on top of that, and then you go and tell the press that, and then, and I, and I said this, I think in another show, he went wrong as soon as he hired Todd Grantham. What Todd Grantham from the beginning, Todd Grantham when he was back at Mississippi state. But for me, I have always said, especially the past year or so I have said 50% of college coaching or 50% of coaching in college football is recruiting at least 50% of being a college football head coach is recruiting. And if you suck at recruiting, then you suck at being, then you suck at half your job. Yeah. If you can't recruit, your team's not going to be good. It's this, you can see the talent gap in in conferences. It's, it's just obvious. You can't get the big guys. You're not going to be as good. It's just how it is. And for for Dan Mullen, everybody going into this year has talked about, oh, Florida is 
or Dan Mullen is this great recruiter. Dan Mullen at Mississippi State in eight years got one five-star head or one five-star player. And that was even a controversial pickup with Jeffrey Simmons and everything that went on with him. And, you know, I say if Kirby Smart was at Mississippi State in that same situation, he would have gotten at least one five-star per year, not one in eight years. But for Dan Mullen, if you don't want to recruit, especially during the season, I really think he just wants to go to the NFL, go be a quarterback's coach in the NFL because you're a quote-unquote guru. Guru, guru of what? I don't know what NFL team Everybody, would hire Dan Mullen to be a quarterback coach. They would be absolutely insane. To he had that. Dak Prescott. He had Tim Tebow, I guess, working when he was at Florida. But for Florida, I called this. I called this when we first started the radio show in 2019 that I thought it was going to be an ugly ending for Dan Mullen in Gainesville. And, you know, it's it's happening. It's happening. And I, you know, even I thought it was a little bit of a stretch to say that in 2019 because Florida was still uh, successful. They were still, you know, going to New Year's Six Bowl games and stuff. But now it's just – it's piling up. And every single time he goes to the podium to give a press conference, it gets worse and worse. You're right. And I swear he's on cocaine. I, <laughs> I swear he's on cocaine because every time he goes up, he just looks nervous. He looks like he's Crazy. about to just like jump out of his shoes and it's just out of control at Florida. I think Tennessee's going to pass them with Josh Heupel. I really do. I think that Josh Heupel has finally like given that state a desperate belief that they need. And Florida's going to, Florida's going to have a rebound. He has them hype, but I don't is, know if they're performing to the hype. I mean, did you expect them to be bowl eligible this year? I think bowl eligibility is a win for them and having an offense that's worth a crap. They're in the sec, but they've been bottom feeders for 12 years. They need something to believe in. And, you know, I think Florida's got, Florida's got a rebuild. Florida has lacked in recruiting for the past couple of years. Hence, because he doesn't recruit during the season. They've had a few guys poached from other universities for this class. And I think that Florida is in for a couple year long rebuild and a rebrand for their university as well. But let's move on to our midseason awards as this is the halfway mark, whatever you want to call it. There's 17 weeks or 18 weeks in a season. We're in week, what, nine. So, yeah, I guess this is the halfway point of the season. We're going to give our midseason MVP a rookie of the year as well for the season in the NFL season so far. So Justin, let's fire away. Let's go with our mid season. Let's start with rookie of the year. Cause I feel like rookie of the year is a little bit easier and it leads up to, oh, yeah. it leads up to our MVP. We don't want to start off hot. We want to get up to it. So give me your rookie of the year candidate. Um, I know everyone thinks they know who I'm going to go with. And I, and I think he has a very good chance of winning and that's Mac Jones. Of course, everyone knows that's my Bama guy. And he has the Patriots at what six and four right now. Just won their last game against the uh, Browns. Wasn't it? 
Yeah. Pretty sure oh, it was, it was the an Browns. embarrassing loss for the Browns. It was 45 yeah. to 7. I think yep. Baker got benched or got hurt and left the game. Yep. Granted, and they Mac didn't have Nick crazy. Chubb, but yeah, Mac had the best game of his young rookie year. And yeah. So, and just to clarify, he went 12 for 18, 139. No, 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 no. That's the wrong game. But 19 I'll stop, of I'll stop trying to brag for Mac. Go ahead. But I, 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 I can't go with Mac because I feel like. It is a lot of the team around him that also helps him. He, he went to a perfect organization. I, I, we said that from the start. He went to the Patriots. He was a team that he wanted. It was a team that wanted him. It, they have the receivers. They have the offense that he can run. They have a good defense, a solid defense. So I think that's perfect. So I'm actually going to go with Micah Parsons, linebacker mm. for the Cowboys. Do we all remember how bad the Cowboys defense was last year? And I know Trevon Diggs has gotten better. He's got, he gets more picks and stuff like that. But if you look at the yards, he gives up a ton of yards. Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's leading the league he in got, how many yards he gives up. And he so, got bullied. He got bullied by um, the Broncos a couple weeks back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They got bullied. And then the only reason the Falcons can't bully him is because the Falcons don't have a receiver good enough when Calvin Ridley's not on the field and then right. they don't know how to use Kyle Pitts. So. Passing on that, Micah Parsons has single-handedly brought this defense back to be something that's at least respectable. The Cowboys are 7-2 and two right now. The Cowboys were trash last year. I know Dak was out, but the defense was part of that. They're making Dan Quinn look good. <laughs> like, are you understanding? No. Like, this Micah Parsons, rookie of the year, I <laughs> – 58 tackles, six sacks, 11 TFLs, one forced fumble, two pass deflections. Like, I'm not – I just I – don't, I don't know what else you want to it's, – it's Micah Parsons right now to me. That's interesting. And, you know, we talked about during the season the Cowboys' defense, and, you know, they built a lot through the draft this year, and starting with Micah Parsons. And I thought that this was a young defense – that they compare with like a Leighton Van Der Esch at linebacker. But the question was, is this still too young of a defense? You know what I mean? Like, yes, they drafted all this young talent. Yes, they have all of it. But can they put it all together this year? You know what, Dan Quinn, he is a clown of a head coach. The brotherhood thing was laughable. He's a defensive But he's always been a defensive coordinator, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with being a really good defensive coordinator that doesn't work out as a head coach. That has exactly. happened so many times through the history of, of football and really, really every sport. But, you know, with Micah Parsons, he has an even bigger chance now with Randy Gregory going out for a period of time. So... And Demarcus um, Lawrence has been out since like what week two? Yeah, yeah. And so those two guys are out. That is another huge opportunity for Micah Parsons to take control of that um, of that rookie of the year and that defense. Yeah, that defense. And he already does. He plays almost every position on the field for them. He plays safety. We've seen him lined out in the slot. We've seen him pass rush middle linebacker defensive end like he literally is everywhere for them and i know a lot of guys or um, cowboys fans wanted to go with patrick sertan 
but Micah Parsons might have been the perfect uh, player for them and might have been one of the best, if not the best, overall defensive player in last year's draft. Very big reason for Trevon Diggs picks. He's he's when he pass rushes, he is in there. And there's been yeah. quite a few picks where you if you go back and watch, he is in a quarterback's face. And it's really from the very beginning. I mean, the first game of the year, he was he was giving Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith both hard times. So that is a very good choice for rookie of the year midseason. I'm gonna go with a receiver. I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has come in right away and you know he was struggling during the preseason I think a lot of drops I think the fact that he sat out for 2020 had a little bit to play into that you can argue but you know he's been the number one target for Joe Burrow this year and I mean just looking at his stats he is sixth I'm sorry fifth in yards this season he already has 835 yards he has a 60 percent catch rate and he has been a consistent wide he's been a top 10 top 15 receiver in this draft in this league this year and And he is a he is a huge killer yes and he is a huge reason why this the cincinnati Bengals have taken that huge step i was mad that the Bengals did not take panay sewell I thought they were crazy for not getting yeah, Joe Burrow protection after just that. watching after watching him go out with the leg injury last year and watching him get beaten to death last year. I thought they were crazy. We but both said that Jamar Chase and him just have this connection. And it has shown this year that he, like I said, he he's gonna get a thousand yards. He might get it next week. I mean. He's at 800 – well, not next week. Yeah, a week know, after, so. it would it would be a miracle. He could get – he could have a 200-yard game. <laughs> it's, it's not out of That's not question. even 200. That's 170. That's 170. Yeah. So, a couple of big plays here and there. But he has, trans, he has really transformed nice. that – oh, I don't know. He has transformed that def- or offense in Cincinnati, and he has raised Joe Burrow's game. He has raised that that offense, and he's a big reason why that team is over 500 this year and in contention for a playoff spot. They're playing the Raiders, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I remember we talked about this. We in both of our mock drafts, we both said they need to get an O lineman. Joe Burrow just tore his ACL, like, and then it just obviously looked like their O line was trash. They went into free agency. They picked up a few pieces here and there, got a little bit better got good enough to be where they're at right now, which is, I think, six and – nope, five and four. So, I, I, I do I do respect Jamar Chase, and I do think that he could be the guy. I just see the impact of what Micah Parsons can do as a whole. I don't feel like Jamar Chase alone is the guy. I feel like Micah Parsons alone has been the guy for that uh, – I mean, not alone. Yeah, I see. Trevon Diggs. I won't argue argue that. I won't argue Mm -hmm. that Jamar Chase has been the sole reason of the offense, but I will. And Micah Parsons, you're right, has been a huge reason why the both of guys have been huge reasons why those units have taken a step forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Dallas was a 500 team last year. 
the Bengals were top five worst team in the NFL, and they have taken that big step forward. They play the Raiders this Sunday, so there's a strong poss- – not a strong. There is a possibility. There is a chance slightly under 50%, 40%, that okay 30 percent that jamar chase could get to a thousand yards this year they just lost one of their corners arnett damon arnett yeah Yeah. who haven't they lost at this point but they're they're going i bad i just add seven touchdowns to this yards after catch 7.7 is tops in the nfl second in the nfl and I think that Jamar Chase is very deserving to be looked at for rookie of the year. It seems like every one of these is a quarterback award, so it's going to be very hard for him not to. Mac Jones is probably the leader at this point. But I think don't he rule, is too, which is – It's a shame because yeah. Mac Jones has had a lot more help. He hasn't had as much pressure, but – He's a quarterback. He is a quarterback, and he's playing for the Patriots. So I think he is the leader, but I would say Jamar Chase. You go with Micah Parsons, which is also a very good pick, in my opinion. Uh, And I will say the most impressive thing about Jamar Chase has been his his ability, his big play ability, 19 yards a catch. Like, he's only had 44 catches to get that 835 yards. That's insane. Yeah, so I won't argue with either one of these guys. If Micah Parsons gets it, I won't feel any ill will at all. Jamar Chase gets it, I will be feel euphoria. But um, let's go ahead and move on to our midseason MVPs. I pause so you can go. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. I'll go first. Uh, my first one for NFC. This was a hard choice. I was sitting here making Chase wait earlier. Um, and it, to me, it's really a hard choice between three people. If you had asked me two, three weeks ago, I probably would have told you Kyler Murray. And if you asked me what probably like the week before Dallas got beat by Denver, I would, I mean, that was when they had Cooper Rush. But if you asked me then, I would have told you Dak Prescott. But right now, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Kyler Murray, and the reason is because Aaron Rodgers, once again, like I said for the rookie of the year, he is doing it mostly by himself. He has Devontae Adams. He has Aaron Jones. But that defense is not great. Cowboys defense has stepped it up big. We just talked about that. Trevon Diggs, Michael Parsons, everything. Cardinals defense has been one of the top defenses of the league for most of these weeks. And, and Kyler Murray gets a lot of help from his offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, who's obviously knows exactly how to game plan for a guy like him. And then the receivers that he has, D-Hop and everything like that. And, and then it's just watching Aaron get it done regardless of every week. He went out there the week that almost all the receivers had COVID. Aaron Jones is out and, and still gets it done against the Cardinals, one of the best teams in the league. So it's just it's hard to ignore. And we I feel like we see this every year because we always get this every year. And then when it ends bad, which it probably will again. So, but for right now, Aaron Rodgers is my NFC MVP. I was shocked until you explained mm-hmm. in that Arizona game as well. He lost his tight end to a torn ACL. For me, 
I just think that there are other quarterbacks in the NFC that have performed. Um, Tom Brady could go up there, although he struggled the past couple games. You know, there's there's really no quarterback, in my opinion, that has played consistent enough throughout the season to really deserve that MVP. I think that if if you in any award, whether it's MVP for baseball, for football, any sport, you need to be consistent throughout the entire year. And, you know, it's a long season. Yes, there's going to be games where you don't play well, but there have been multiple games where every quarterback has not played great. So it's just really hard to you can give it to anybody at this point. You can give it yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. You can give it to Tom Brady. You can give it to Matthew Stafford. You can give it to Kyler Murray. But it's just – and, you know, before the show, I said I was going to give you my – I was going to shock you and not go with the quarterback. But this is a quarterback award. Just like Heisman Sorry, is – just like the Heisman is a quarterback award, the NFL MVP – is a quarterback award and I really wanted to give it to Cooper cup because he's been the most consistent. Is that who you thought I, I was going to choose? Did. Is that who you yep. knew? When oh, you, yeah. So you knew I was going to say that. Yes. What? That's the only other person that's not a quarterback that, but I look feel at, like let's, right let's just look at these stats. I mean, he's the leader and he's already got 1141 yards on the season. He's got 10 it's touchdown insane. catches he has a 73% catch percentage rate. He's that's 85 receptions out of 116 targets. His yards after catch is 6.2. It's it's incredible the year that he has put out. And I think his biggest you ability know, is his ability to get open. Like, how yeah. is Matthew Stafford always finding him? He is having like almost 18 targets and like 15 catches a game. Why is he always open? Like that's and crazy. it's not even like the the Rams have another top ten receiver to, other than Odell now, I guess. But yeah, but top ten. Who can like take uh Cooper Cup take guys off of Cooper Cup? Like he's just got this ability to get open. I really want to choose Cooper Cup as NFL MVP. There has not been a non. A last time a non-quarterback won NFL MVP was 2012. It was Adrian Peterson. And I think that we can see that this year with Cooper Cup. If he keeps this up, then we could definitely see Cooper Cup winning MVP this year. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. If it were up to me, it would be. But if I'm going to be realistic, I'm sticking with my pick and I'm going with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was my preseason pick for the NFL and NFC MVP this year. And, you know, there's six quarterbacks here that are rated on ESPN.com as MVP candidates. There's Tom Brady, there's Dak Prescott, there's Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and that's it from the that's it from the NFC. Mm-hmm. Of those quarterbacks I just listed, Matthew Stafford has the highest Q, QBR at sixty-seven point one. 
And yes, he's had back-to-back games where he's thrown multiple interceptions against Tennessee and against San Francisco. But he has, you can't deny how much he has transformed that offense in Los Angeles. And I always said that if Matthew Stafford just got out of Detroit, he would evolve uh, a lot more. But And I yeah. understand. I just give a lot of credit to Sean McVay. I think that he had an offense built for a guy like him. And I see that he is leading in QB rating, but you see who is also second, Jameis Winston. So QB rating is kind of a weird thing to look at. I don't think it's 100% always accurate. I think looking at rating is better. But I just I, – I, I understand, though. I 100% understand. Matt Stafford does look like an MVP, and he is playing this way. But I feel like we've seen Matt Stafford play this way. Like, what, just two years ago, he was, what, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in, in the Lions. Right now he's 20-5. and five, So he's kind of – he's on pace for more touchdowns and, of course – probably around the same interception. So I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like I, he has a lot of help around him. That defense is insane. Like you see who all they have at that defense. And currently they've kind of struggled. Like we just saw them struggle against the Titans and then against the 49ers back to back. So, and it was mostly Matt Stafford's fault, especially in that Titans game. So that's why I can't choose Matt Stafford right now. But Matthew Stafford has found his Calvin Johnson. Mm-mm-mm. he has he has he <laughs> definitely found his calvin johnson that's funny because i was actually talking to my friend the other day while we were watching that game and he said the same exact thing and i was like dang like that's a good point like he has found his receiver that he likes to just go to over and over and over like and it, it could be what kills him because i remember once they got rid of calvin johnson and the lions he kind of got better because he started spreading the ball around and everything like that. So in playoff time, I'm interested to see how that works out because there's no way that teams are just going to let one man Cooper Cup completely kill them like they are right now, especially some of these teams that are smarter than that or have already experienced it during the regular season. So, but he has found his Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I and his Calvin Johnson is for sure my offensive player of the year pick but I can't choose him as MVP. I'm sticking with Matthew Stafford. Let's go with the AFC. Who is your pick to win MVP? Um, AFC, this one was once again kind of hard, and it's, it's just a common theme. I was going between Josh Allen and Lamar, and once again, Josh Allen has a lot of help. I think people sleep on Brian Dable's offensive uh, playing, his offensive coordinator calls and stuff like that. Yes, I'm biased. He is a Bama guy. But he also has Stephon Diggs. He also has Emmanuel Sanders. Devin Singletary is not something that's bad. He has the others uh, tight end, Zach Moss. Dawson Knox has been out, but he has been utilizing the tight end behind him. Their defense, I think, is actually number one rated in the NFL right now. So – I think that that is a huge part of their success. So I'm going with Lamar. Their defense has not been doing what Ravens defense is used to be doing. It's it's kind of struggling right now. And Lamar has been the reason that they won a lot of games. He's pulled them out of like, I think, I think he's had, they said four double digit 
comebacks this season. Like it's just, like he's doing Patrick Mahomes type things, and we gave Patrick Mahomes the MVP when he was doing that that year. So I just I I don't I I think that he looks like that, and I think that that the reason why he should be the MVP. We already know what happened with their running backs, so he's really having to do everything. He is the most valuable player. Yeah, he's grown. He he's got six hundred thirty nine rushing yards and. 2,500 passing yards, but his QBR is low. It's 54.1. That's, that's a stat that I look at a lot for a quarterback. Um, he's had multiple games where he has erased double digit deficits, the win over the chiefs, you got the win over the Colts and you got the win over the Vikings. Um, I think that he's definitely available, but for me, it's just, he and Josh Allen have both had very similar seasons for Josh Allen to your point about the argument about Josh Allen has more around. You can't really control what you have around you. Okay. I mean, yes, he has, yes, he has most valuable player. Yeah, sure. Sure. But with that logic, Aaron Rodgers. well, this is, it might be a little different. Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams. Who's the best receiver in the NFL last year. Aaron Rodgers can't control that. This year, Josh Allen has Stefan Diggs, who's a top five receiver. He can't control that. I see your point. I see your point. Lamar Jackson has done more with less. He's had, um, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to lean towards Lamar Jackson as well. <laughs> I got changed your mind. <laughs> because... I mean, you think about all the running backs that have gone down for the, for Baltimore, and they just released Le'Veon Bell. They've had they have I, the same. Record. I mean, they've they've got running backs like Tyson Williams, who I thought would never see the NFL ever. Right now, they're starting living on the, Devontae Freeman. They just cut Devontae Le'Veon. Freeman. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has gotten carries. Um, and I'm I'm missing like three or four guys, but um, Latavius Murray, Latavius Devontae Murray. Williams, yeah. Yes. I mean, Devontae um, Freeman. I said Williams. And Devontae Freeman is their starting running back. Yes, and he's actually doing ev- solid. Yeah. I yeah. almost busted out my jersey. <laughs> I okay. thought about it. Okay. But side note, of all the people you could have gotten from that Falcons team, Dude, you chose Devontae Freeman. <laughs> I remember my dad, my dad definitely bullied me for that. So getting back on getting back on track here. Lamar Jackson, yes, he has the lower QBR. Yes, he doesn't have as many receiving yards, but Lamar Jackson can do less with more. And you're right, they they have um I think he's earned MVP so far. He's done more. He's from a statistical standpoint, hasn't doesn't have as much as Josh Allen, but they have had similar years. Both guys can do it on the ground. Lamar's of course, better than Josh Allen at, at scooting around. But and to me, another thing, the Bills' losses look worse. Titans, Jags, Steelers. The Jags last, like literally, was that last week, two weeks ago? That was terrible. And Titans, I, at the time, I don't even, I, they, I think. Well, who have the, Raven, the Ravens lost to? Their uh, Ravens, have, they lost to the Dolphins. They lost recently. to the Dolphins last week. They lost that to the Bengals. Bad. That was bad. And they lost to the Raiders in week week one. 
Oh yeah, that was a bad loss too. They should have won that. That was the game. The that Raiders John, one was close. That, that one that was. I don't blame him for that. That one was the one that John Gruden did everything he could to blow yeah. that game for the Raiders. Yeah. yeah, I. So you have Lamar Jackson. I have Lamar Jackson. I. I. I'll stick with that. That's you made you you converted me to your side. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, you're right. I I was sticking with Josh Allen, and the more I'm reading in, it's funny. The more I was reading into Lamar Jackson, I'm like, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson kind of is the MVP right now, because it's either him or Josh Allen. Like I said, from the AFC, there's no guy that's really stuck out to me. Patrick Mahomes has had a bad year. Um, if Derek, Nick Chubb Derek, had stayed healthy, I think it would have been Nick Chubb. He was going crazy for, and him. that is a shame. That hurts my heart. Just had to get COVID, just had to have a calf injury. But hey, Lamar could win his second MVP. Who knows? Yep. Who won it last year? Was it Josh Allen? Josh Allen uh, won I thought it, it last, was Aaron year. last year. No, for the AFC. Was it Josh Allen? Oh, I don't know. I, I got to look that up. That's driving me crazy. AFC MVP 2020. It was Lamar. No, that was la- that was two years ago. AFC, yeah, it was Josh Allen last year. So either way, we're gonna have a two-time MVP from the from the AFC, and I got to give the slight edge to Lamar right now. But let's go ahead and move on. You want to talk a little bit about Odell? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk Odell. So I was I was shocked that he went to Los Angeles. I was expecting him. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really know where he was going to go. I think the top three teams were, what was it? Seattle, Kansas city, and um, saints saints. I didn't see him going. I look Odell sees. I see is the guy he wanted to go to a quarterback that he trusted to throw him the ball. I don't think he really trusted Trevor Simeon. I never really saw, I never really saw him going to the chiefs. They already have a lot of, his biggest issue in Cleveland was not getting the ball enough. And he definitely wouldn't be getting the ball enough. If you got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Michael Hartman and and Robinson. Yeah, exactly. So he wasn't going to necessarily be the guy in Kansas city. And then in Seattle, you got DK Metcalf. I, I thought that could have been an interesting fit and Russell Wilson's coming back, but I don't think Seattle's a real playoff contender this year. So I think he wanted to go to a team that could have a quarterback to throw him the ball and a team that was going to be right there in the thick of things for this year. And I think that's the biggest thing is Odell wanted to win. And I, I can't blame him for being mad about the Browns not winning and him not being a part of it. If he's, if they're losing and he's being a part of it, I think he wouldn't have complained because he could say that, okay, I'm doing my part. We're doing this. We're just not winning. Well, actually, he might have still complained. I can't I can't say that. I think he would have. Been. But he might have still done that. But at least he I think it would have been a lesser chance that because he's at least being utilized and he feels like he's contributing. They were losing and not doing well for like three, four games, and they weren't even getting him the ball at all. Like he was not just not being used for real. So he I think that was just a big part of it. And he went to the Rams and they lost this game. They they got him involved to an extent. I think it'll take a little bit before they fully get him in there. Sean McVay said something about it being hard to integrate, not 
well, he said it was actually not that hard to integrate him into the offense, but I think it still will take time. But so I think that Odell made the right decision. And plus, the other place I thought he should have win was the Packers. If 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 he wanted to, actually oh, that was another win, team. Yeah. Win, if he like, if he wanted to win, win, like I think he should have went to the Packers. You have Aaron Rodgers. You're in there with Devontae Adams, so you're gonna get a lot of targets because they're gonna be already covering Adams or vice versa. It doesn't matter. Teams have to pick yeah. one. And then, and then on top of that, they probably would have gone further. This is the problem that Aaron Rodgers has complained about for years. He wants more weapons. He wants more weapons. This is why he keeps being MVP candidate. He has Devontae Adams, and and that's really it. He throws to Aaron Rodgers and. I mean, Aaron Jones and a bunch of guys who would be third, fourth string on any other team. So it, it just I, I think it would have been perfect for him. But Odell is Odell and he wanted to go to California and wanted to be in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I I the first thing I thought of was, you know, this isn't a good fit. Cooper Cup and uh, Matthew Stafford have already found it. What's this going to do for? Cooper Cup what's this going to do for my fantasy team because I have Cooper Cup but I'm glad Rodell is of Cooper Cup in fantasy why wide receiver is he's not going to be wide receiver one there do you think he's going to be a wide receiver one in Los Angeles uh, Odell no no because Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are obviously too close like they either went into the offseason and and had a whole month vacation together where they just worked on routes or something or, or whatever they their bromance is 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 happening on the field it's something's going on because they are always connected so absolutely not but I do think that he will be a big factor when it comes playoff time something that I talked about that I think Matt Saver is going to be forced to use his other receivers and so if he doesn't develop that chemistry now I think playoff time it might be kind of weird because they already don't have Robert Woods now too. yeah that's he what I was about to say is he's going to be replacing Robert Woods' value. So he's going to be that wide receiver too for them. Their other wide receiver that I think they would have had is uh, Van Jefferson. And Van Jefferson's catch rate is um, below average in the NFL. Yeah, he's a deep ball receiver. He is a deep ball receiver. I think that plays into his role, but he's not a true wide. He's more of a wide receiver three. Yeah. And – you know, all he's doing is filling in Deshaun Jackson's spot. Yeah, he just left too. So, yeah, it, I hope that Odell changes his attitude. I hope this is sort of a fresh start for him because right now I kind of see him as the Kyrie Irving of the NFL, just as this kind of drama. I don't king, think it's that bad. Kind of weird. Not that. Not to that extent. But if I had to pick, if I had to compare two. NBA players I would choose Odell and I would choose Kyrie because I just they're both a little weird in their own ways they both have kind of had drama everywhere they go if not Odell he is the Russell Westbrook of the of the NFL is that a better comparison yeah okay but I understand that at first I was like this isn't going to be a great fit he, he's just going to run into the same problems there. I don't think that Matthew Stafford's going to have the same issue with that Baker Mayfield seemed to have with feeling this pressure to get Odell the ball. I was shocked that Odell even played Monday night. I mean, he got there, what, last Friday? 
Well, they said he was going to play like pretty soon. I mean, he's healthy and everything. All they have in since Robert Woods is hurt, like I guess just put him into that spot and they have enough guys on that offense. It, it didn't really surprise me. What surprised me is that their defense completely folded. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Ramsey didn't stop anything. So, But, but with Odell, I, I felt no expectations going into that Monday night game. He had two catches for 19 yards and – you know, that was that was more than I expected, honestly. I didn't expect him to really have a role in this game, and he really didn't. I mean, with two catches, 19 yards, yeah. it's it's he didn't he's really have that. But, you know, I, I thought that – I think that he's going to be a step up from Robert Woods. He, oh, yeah. Getting him – I mean, the Rams really needed him, to be honest with you. And the more I think about it, the Rams really did, especially – after the injury, do I think he's going to be wide receiver one? No. Do I think it's a good fit? Yes, because I think that having a veteran quarterback like Matthew Stafford is going to keep him under control. You know, yeah. with, with Tom Brady, when Antonio Brown came in, Antonio Brown immediately, he was fine. There was no, there's been no drama in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel they didn't that, even have really drama in the Patriots. It was just no. you know, getting suspended. And I think we're going to have that same thing with Odell because he had drama in New York, but I don't really see Matthew Stafford being that guy that's too, that's nice to a fault. Um, he's going into another big market like he was in a New York and then going to that smaller market in Cleveland. But I think having a quarterback that's not going to be really, I won't say intimidated, but feeling that pressure to get him the ball is going to help. And he, he's going to be sort of humbled in a way, yeah. being the wide receiver too. He's still going to get catches too. He's still going to get, he's still going to play a role in that offense. And, exactly. and, you know, I, I think it is a good fit. I think he, I think, that, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. No. I really don't. I really don't think that they'll miss a beat. I think that they will be, right there is still one of the top offenses in the NFL. They're still going to be able to sling the ball around the way that they want to. And and it's just a little hiccup. I I think that they'll be right back in. I still have them as my favorite from the NFC. Um, I don't know if they're my favorite for the NFC. I would say they're one of them. I would say they're, they're definitely in top four, but no. But yeah, I do. I do think that this is a good fit for him. Will he be wide receiver number one? No, I already explained why that's just not happening as long as Cooper Cup is there. But I think this is a really good fit for him. I think come contract time, it might be a little weird. Robert Woods has already complained about not having a big enough role and Matt Stafford just not really throwing to him as much. And then I'm pretty sure Odell's contract is up after this season. So but I do think it is a good fit. I hope they decide to re-sign him. If a guy has to walk, I'm thinking it should be Robert Woods, especially if Odell shows up. Well, the injury didn't help him either. Yeah, it didn't. Robert Woods, yeah. I mean. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's not going to help contract time. But I think this is a good fit, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, too. I, I think that, like I said, they're not going to miss a beat. But before we go – Let's just talk a little bit about the Hawks. I'll be honest with you. 
it doesn't really feel like NBA season right now. I'm, I'm not in the NBA mode at this very moment. I'm still very much in football. I'm still very much in celebratory uh, <laughs> mood from the Braves winning the World Series two weeks ago yesterday. And this man has the exact date. And well, not the exact. What was the anyway? Anyways, it, I just haven't really gotten it. I've watched the Hawks. I have an idea of the Hawks. I have an idea of where the NBA, who's what the storylines are in the NBA right now. The Warriors are back. Um, the Lakers suck, like I predicted when they got um, basically have two. Point Give them time when they have two point guards playing for them. Even the LeBron's hurt right now. Um, you know it, the Bulls are are playing well, but for the Hawks, I. I'm not worried if there's one thing that I've learned is that you don't really need to worry about a team until like the second half of the year. I think they're still trying to figure things out. And to be honest, I predicted a little bit of a struggle coming out of the gate. I think there was a rule change with the fouls that I thought Trey might have to adjust to. I don't, I don't like the idea of what they've had when they've completely gotten five guys that are, um, they, have like an A team and a B team sometimes. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and I think having Okongwu out has kind of played a role. I really like him coming off the bench, and I don't really trust who they have uh, to back up Clint Capella. And, uh, you know, it's just a team that I expected to, to struggle a little bit. It's officially Nate McMillan's team, not that it already wasn't when he was interim head coach, but he, he's got – He's had pretty much everybody healthy to start the year. I know DeAndre Hunter just went out again for another eight weeks, but he, he's had basically everybody healthy other than Okongwu, and it's just finding that sort of how do I get every single player minutes and how do I make them happy? And, and once the Hawks find that role, I think they're going to be fine. Plus, you got you to gotta mention – you got to – I mean, this team had a gauntlet of a schedule to start the year. They've, oh, yeah. they've played exactly what I was about to talk they've about. They've played the Jazz twice. They've played the Warriors. I mean, they've had a West Coast trip already. They've played they play the Celtics tonight. And you know, no team they've played the Mavericks. They they've had really no team that uh, has been easy. They, I mean, they it's finally starting to get a little easy. They just got a break in their last game against the Magic. But yeah. before that, they were on a one, two, three, four, five, six losing streak when they had to play the Nets, Jazz, Sun, Warriors, and then Jazz Nuggets all straight. Like that's that's a lot of hard teams. You got to play KD. You go out there and play Rudy and Donovan, Steph, Rudy and Donovan again. Then you got to play Jokic and, and Michael Porter Jr. Like yeah. that's very hard. And then also, I, I it's there's no way to sugarcoat it right now the defense for the Hawks is not doing great. They're allowing a lot of teams to score 120, 115 around there, and they're just not scoring enough on the other side to, to match that. They can score enough if they can get better shooting, but last year we were – well, the Hawks were holding teams under 
the amount of points they are holding them to right now. So I think that's a big difference. But I do think that is just a matter of time. They just have to get it back together. A lot of things look weird if you look at the standings in the NBA. Washington is one of the top teams. They're 10-3 and right now. Miami looks good. Of course, we thought that was going to happen. Celtics aren't looking that great. Nets are kind of up and down, and then it's just it's just kind of weird. So I think it there's a time where things will kind of sort themselves out. It always does happen around, I think, 40, 50 games in. People start to see, like, okay, these are the teams for sure. And then I think the Hawks will be one of those teams that we look at and we say, okay, yeah, this is a team that is going to the playoffs and will compete. I, I do wish – I think right now, more than ever, it is evident that the Hawks really needed to pick up someone in free agency. They want they they didn't really do that. They signed some smaller role players, some bench guys. They got players back, um, some that I did not want to see, Solomon Hill. But um, oh god, they got players Don't. back and everything like that. So another one. Other than that, what now? Another one I didn't really want to see was Lou Will. I'm sorry. I just yeah yeah Lil Will he's old I'd rather see Sharif get more time I'm not I, gonna I don't understand but, okay go ahead but yeah I think I think right now the Hawks needed someone that could score mid-range to at the rim because right now I think the Hawks are struggling they're not giving Trey the calls when he's going inside and he's going inside and get going inside and getting beat up, which is why we're seeing him shoot a lot more threes and pass a lot more. I think he's leading the league in assists currently. He's not really doing his floater game as much because he knows there's no point of going inside and doing that to just get hit and then still not make the shot. So it I, right now more than ever, it's evident that the Hawks need someone that can score mid-range to inside consistently and and make their own shot not just throwing up lobs and and catching them john collins needs to put the ball on the floor and figure out how to dribble or cam reddish or, or someone or the hawks should have signed someone which is why i so wish we got demar Derozan. i want to see more of kevin herter and i want to see more of cam reddish and i want to see less of bogdanovich and gallinari looks like he's aged 10 years just in this offseason I, he just hasn't – he really hasn't looked the same. He's a and, veteran, and he, I like him because he's good. He And he's actually willing to create his own shot, unlike some of the other players. Like, Bogey doesn't really create his own shot a lot of the time. But, I, yeah, he's – we could have someone better off the bench. I think they do need to give Cam Reddish more time. DeAndre Hunter hurt. I think Cam Reddish should be the guy starting. We need a guy that's defensive, which is what DeAndre Hunter was. And Cam Reddish has proved a few times that he can lock a player down. So I think he needs to get in that starting lineup and he starts needs to start getting more minutes because I think that would help the team, honestly. Yeah, and just getting everybody back fully healthy is going to uh, play a role. I think that, you know, it, you can argue this is the best – this is the – not best. This is the deepest team in the NBA – in terms of starters and bench players. They don't have – Trey's not the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry yet, but they have a lot of those really good players that are just really good players that are deep, you know, first and second team. A lot and of he, guys who can make a shot from outside, a lot of yeah. guys who can create their own shot to an extent. And, that's, and then guys who play team defense. And that's when you that's when 
that's the giver that's the take that you have to take in the give or take you have to give up that you're gonna you gotta accept the fact that you have to you're gonna give up points but for this team they thrive on offense and that's how they've been since Trey Young has gotten there for the past three or four years and that's how they're always gonna be you know they're they're not great defensively, but they will do just enough defensively. Exactly. And, you know, I'm fine with that. It, it's exciting basketball. But one thing that I do want to say before we go is I really don't like how they sent down uh, Skylar Mays and Sharif Cooper to the G League, and they consistently have um, DeLon Wright playing a lot. They have Lou yes. Will playing. And um, what's the number one pick, Jalen Johnson? I, I don't like that either. I want to yeah. see him. I want to I want to see these guys in and you know I with with uh Okongwu gone I know that these guys play two different positions but you know I thought that that could lead to an opportunity to move um uh say have John play a little bit at the five and have Jalen Johnson play a little bit at the four just to see what we have in those guys and um a smaller lineup I think that yeah would good. yeah so It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm excited to get into more of the season. I'm excited to to watch them a little bit more. I'm excited to see what they have tonight uh, against the Celtics. And I think there's no time to panic. I mean, they're five and nine, but it's an 82 game season. And the time to panic, if they're still acting like this, is March. So um, I'm excited. The schedule gets a little bit easier. And yeah, this is still a deep team. They're going to find it um, in Nate and Travis Link, I trust. So uh, we'll see how this thing goes. Justin, you have anything else for us? Nothing else, nothing else. I think the Hawks will turn it around. Um, just a matter of time. The next few games get a lot easier than what they were facing before. Um, I think Tonight we played the Celtics, and the Celtics haven't quite looked the same. Go on Charlotte, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Memphis. It's not the huge juggernauts we were playing just last week or starting November, really. So yeah. it'll look better. And Yeah, like we said there, the rest of the schedule for the month of November, all of them are very winnable games. I believe they're staying on the East Coast for the most part, get a couple of games at home. So – um, it's it's about time to get that record up a little bit. But, guys, that's going to be the show for us today. We will be back again uh, next week for another edition of Let's Get It. Thanks for listening. For Justin, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It. Deuce, deuce.